What's going on, everyone? How we doing? It's Mike Peller and Nickname Musa with the Something Like Your Offseason podcast. Really appreciate you tuning in. Really excited to kick off 2024. Hope your new year is off to a good direction. We're kicking off this new year with an episode from a former teammate of mine, uh, Mr. Massey. Has an amazing story from being a top 10 tight end, excuse me, top five tight end coming out of high school, playing SEC ball and going to JUCO and meeting me at, at Southern Miss before ultimately becoming an entrepreneur, um, serial investor from single family homes to now giving us a lot of information about franchising, things to that effect. It's a very educational episode. He teaches you a little about franchising, especially with restaurants, teaches a little bit about single family homes helps kind of shed light on what it's like to, you know, ascend so much in high school and then have to fight through so much adversity um, to get back to where you originally wanted to be and not only get there, but surpass that level. Um, amazing, amazing episode. There are a bunch of nuggets in there about how you can take advantage of your time in college. Definitely worth a listen. Appreciate you all. Check in the show notes, like, subscribe, all those things. Have a good 2024. And yeah, I'll see you later. teammate uh i gotta i gotta hit you with the big four here we go first one what was the moment in high school you knew you were destined for college man you know what though man it was actually it was later for me than i think maybe for other people man uh no i take that back nope it was early it was early (laughs) um i remember playing i started as a freshman and we played my first uh first game out the gate was our, our next town rival, but we shared a stadium. And we mm. played we played Pascagoula. And so, man, we go and so um uh you know the guy that that you know my sister was talking to at the time, man, he he was a big football player back in the day, known good, fast, you know what I'm saying? Was a was a baller. And uh so after the game, he was like, I mean, he cool and all, but he's slow. Yeah. And uh my sister said, but he ain't but 14. And he was like, what? Oh, dog, that guy going to the league, man. <laughs> and it changed the whole perception, man. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I think that was probably early, man. But but if I'm honest, I think it was probably realistically it was later, man. It wasn't until I actually started getting recruited that, like, I truly knew, like, okay, this this for real. Got you. I got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. That leads us into number two. Who was the toughest opponent you faced? Man... That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. High school. Um, I'm honestly say, man, it was probably, uh, man, on the team, man, Jamie Collins. Jamie. Was if great. I if I'm if I'm truly honest, man, dude, that was one of the first times that ever that I've ever not been able to to run the route <laughs> I wanted to run, how I wanted to run it, <laughs> and, and, and in particular, in particular, man. Those in-breaking routes, man, whether it was like a, a you know, a, a shallow cross or whether it was a dig route. Yeah, yeah, man, that was the first time that somebody was able to stop me from getting into the route, man, in wow. my life. And so yeah. I would probably say probably a teammate, Jamie Collins, man. Gotta be Jamie. Was a, Jamie started at corner with me. And by the time I left and went to Hampton, Jamie was a linebacker. I was like, what the? Yeah, man. 
Yeah, he was like a corner to safety the linebacker. And was right. rushing too. And was rushing. Yes. Crazy. Yes. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Third question here. Yes. We try to give people the flowers. Who was a player that you played with that you thought had the potential to play college, to play professional, but for whatever reason never got the opportunity to? Man, I'ma say, uh, man, I got a one and a two, man. I got a I got a one and a a one A, one B. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say one A man was was never got to go professional. I'm gonna say Corey Ed Riley. Uh, okay. from George County, went to Mississippi State. Uh, okay. man, he was a dog, man. Played yeah. both both sides of the ball. Uh, man, at corner, I remember playing him in high school, man. And uh, dude, for one, it was lockdown. But mm-hmm. I remember we were on the one-yard line going in. Fumble, not me, but teammate fumbled the ball. He scoops it up, goes 99 yards to the crib. And I remember this play vividly because – I'm chasing them. And I feel like every 10 yards we go down the field, it get two yards more separation every time. <laughs> and so, and so, man, I knew, I was like, dog, this, this, this crazy, man. But I mean, he had a pretty good career at Mississippi State. Yeah. Uh, but man, I, I hate the fact, man, that he, he, he didn't get that, that league opportunity, man. I really, man, he had to, he was a baller, man. He was yeah. a baller. And then, man, probably secondly, Man, I had a I had a one B and I forgot that quick, man. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Dominic Hobson, man. Uh yeah. man, we we came out the same year, man. And uh right. man, we actually went, we were he didn't even get to play college at all because of the injury he had uh in the summer before uh before freshman year, man. And so, man, I though no, he was a he was a dog, man. Him and his brother Trey, both. Uh man, but Dominic was a dog, man. And so uh Man, the fact that he never got a chance to play college ball, uh, let alone professional, man, was a, uh, you know, that was tough, man. Man, well, that's why we do it, man. We try to give, we try to give everybody their flowers. Um, the fourth question: What was the nicest thing that a coach has ever done for you? <sighs> that's a tough one, too, man. That's a tough one, man. I've had some pretty good coaches, man. I, I will say. Hey, man, I think, man, if I. I can look at this a couple ways, man. I think there's been some impactful coaches just in the way that they, whether it was utilized and nurtured my talent, you know, and, and look at it that way, or truly like, you know, a coach that looked out, man. Uh, I would say if I'm going to look at a coach that looked out, man, I'm going to say when I went to junior college for a year, man, at Colin, our head coach, man, he, uh, he 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 made sure I was you know about three four hours away from home man and uh, dude it, it was nothing there <laughs> nothing there every weekend I drove them three four hours to get home man because wow I, it wasn't nothing there to do man every weekend man for a year and so man every now and then there'll be weekends where I just didn't have the gas money to make it happen man and he just tell me hey go down to the service station tell you know tell such and such put it on my tab man. And uh, man, filled me up and it got me to the crib, man. Uh, I'd probably say, man, that was that was a huge one, man. And and, and I'll, I'll say, even at Colin, past that, another coach, man, Calvin Green. Uh, he was the DB coach, also too, man. I mean, you know, I, I was still being a little bit of a knucklehead when I got there, man. And uh, you know, they, they had to call Coach Green one time. Uh, to 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 keep me from getting in anything else, it, it being further than than what it could have been, man. 
And this was like two in the morning, man. Coach Green came and got me. Coach Green uh, uh, made me wash the team clothes at like two in the morning, practice from practice the day before. I had a whole new appreciation for the equipment team, I tell you that. Right, 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 but, right, right. Uh, but man, he had a, had a real conversation with me, though, you know, and, and, and really just, uh, you know, reminded me, man, that like, man, my family would drive them three hours every week, you know what I'm saying, to come see me play during the season. And, you know, he reminded me, like, dude, you got people who who, who care about you. They're here to support you. Don't don't let them down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, I'd also say, man, that was that was huge. Um, and just, you know, getting me back refocused, man. God, God. Shout out to Cole Lane, Kapaya Lincoln, man. We love to hear. Kapaya Lincoln, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Right, now, um, you're a very intelligent brother. Everybody and their mother knows that. Talk to me about that, man. how you decided to, you know, attend, you know, JUCO, Vanderbilt. Talk to me about what went into your decision-making process around selecting colleges as you did. Man, I think first, I mean, it's like everybody else, man. You're just looking at the colleges that's that's interested, man. You, you're looking at how they perform. And, you know, um, originally for me, man, I, I wanted to go to Florida State, man. My oldest brother that went there, uh, right. Florida State was the was the was the, team, the family team, mm-hmm. and uh, man, you know they they were in contact, man. The 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 legend Mickey Andrews came to the came to the school and came and hollered at me, man, and was telling me stories about when he coached my brother, you know. And so, you know, I thought I thought it was a done deal, man. And, and at the time, at the time, man, I was. Uh, Number four tight end in the country, man, according to ESPN. They signed number one and number five. <laughs> so it's cool to have an abundance of riches, but like, you know, <laughs> what right. you gonna do with that? And so right, right. Uh, so man, I shifted, I shifted, man, and I was dead set on going to Ole Miss. And then we got down after the after the uh the visit. I didn't commit on the visit. And they, I mean, they had been they had recruiting, they had been recruiting me tougher than any other school, man. And so, you know, they felt like Man, we don't put all this work in. If he ain't commit now, I don't yeah. know if he's serious, man. And so, they actually called my head coach and uh and rescinded the offer, man. And uh, by that time, but by that time, I had visited Vandy. I was I was actually super impressed with Vandy. Was Shout Frank, out Coach who's Carter. The coach, um, who's the head coach then? At Vandy, or Ole Miss. Yeah, Vandy, Vandy. Bobby Johnson. This pre Franklin, man. Bobby Johnson was there. He stepped down, and and Robbie Caldwell, who was the O line coach, took that kind of that interim year, and then they hired Franklin after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Yeah. nice. yeah. So by that time, when that went, man, I was super impressed, man. And um, yeah. man, I committed to Vandy, man. After that, you know, uh, for that. me, I looked at it, man. It was it was academically exactly what I needed, man. And, 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 you know, cause my, man, my family didn't play about, by getting your, getting your books, man, getting your grades. And, right, and, right. uh, so man, it, it hit that. It was the SEC. So it was like, whether I go to Ole Miss, whether I go to Bama, whether I go to Auburn, wherever I go, I'm still playing the same talent. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm there. And mm-hmm. so it hit that. And then the way they, you know, they talked about using me, man, was like, okay, this, this let me be in like the H back position, a Swiss army knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was all good until I realized, man, part of that was like also playing fullback too. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> hey, hey man, I had my I had my first welcome to college moment. I never forget this play, 46 slant. 
And basically, I though came off the line into the backfield, shifted over, and had to go kick out the DN. All I know, dog, is I went to go kick out the DN, man, and I woke up. <laughs> hey, so, so, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shoes. Okay. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah at Vandy. Talk us through yep. a little bit your journey, because we met at Southern Miss. So talk talk us through yep. your journey, how you ended up, how you ended up getting to Southern Miss. Yeah, man. So so went to Vandy, man. So highly, highly recruited, you know, felt like I was the man. And, you know, um, they got on campus, man. It was all, man, it's all new to me, man, coming from Mississippi and, and going to the big town of Nashville. A, uh, a a school like Vandy where you truly do have a global um, uh, student body. I mean, you had a lot of international students. I mean, it was a different, it was a different experience, man. And it was a fantastic experience to be, to be quite honest, man. And so, man, you know, went through this, ended up tearing my, my MCL, uh, in camp. And so, you know, ended up red shirting that season, man. And, and man, over the course of the year, man, just made some of those bonehead mistakes, man. And, and, and you know, got myself in the, in the, in the, you know, in the doghouse, man, and then ultimately uh, transferred out. And so went to went to Colin for a year, man. I started to go to I started to go to uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. That was the one closest closest to home. Had friends there, but you know, I think at that point in time, man, I, I felt like I needed I kind of needed a reset, man. And going back going back with the homies, I don't know that that, that would have did it. Uh-huh. And so, uh, man, I, I knew, you know, one of my, one of my guys, my quarterback from high school, one of my guys to this day, um, was, was there playing basketball, had two guys, another guy who played basketball with me in high school was there. I was like, man, you know, the, these cats that I know, you know, they, they locked in, they focused. And so, man, decided to go there, man. And, um, uh, spent that year, uh, really grinding, man. But I tell you what, it gave me an appreciation that I think I needed, um, for what I had at Vandy. You know, no knock to no knock to Colin at all, man. But it's a completely different, <laughs> it's a completely different environment at a JUCO versus a, a SEC school, man. You know, I mean, it went from no no lie though. It went from like having a um, man a world class everything, man. Particularly, we had our own separate um, cafeteria. Like mm-hmm. I remember they rewarded students for certain things on campus by like being able to come eat at the athletic training table because we also shared the chef with the Tennessee Titans. Like it was phenomenal, man. And so I remember going from that to like on the weekends, you couldn't even eat at the cafeteria at at, at the school at Colian, man. Like, no lie, we had a Saturday practice one time. <laughs> We had a Saturday practice one time, man. And we were supposed to go eat, have a chance to go to the cafeteria and eat before practice. We get there, the cafeteria closed. Closed. We can't do nothing. And the and coach at the time, man, you know. Right he, <laughs> hey, and one of the coaches, man, to his credit, he he spent it tough, man. We were, we were called a wolf pack. He said, hey, man, that's all right. Hungry wolves hunt better. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
Hey, hey, man. Hey, off the cuff, man. He was with it off the cuff. No, he just starving us, man. He was starving us, man. But, man, it, but but it gave me an appreciation, man. It, yeah, it really did. Character. It really did. Okay, fair enough. Oh, man, it built character for real. There we go. So I meet you at Southern Miss. You know, I went on to leave. Uh, you stayed there. You finished up. Talk me through, you know, you're five once you get out of Southern Miss, you're five, four or five years removed from being a, the top five tight end in, you know, high school football, right? So, like, yeah. psychologically, I can't relate to that because I was a guy who didn't get my first real offer to, like, the week before signing day, right? Talk me That's through cool. where your mind was seeing has how, you know, what appeared to be like a guarantee, right? Because we all count money we don't have, right? We're looking at an opportunity, we're like, oh man, yeah. this, 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 and I'll do this, 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 and we start creating all these different worlds. Talk to me about where you were at 21, 22 years old when you realize maybe, right? Like, oh man, this happened fast. And now you're in mm-hmm. a new space. Because you have a different appreciation for that because for you, there's like a real expectation. Whereas for a lot of us, the expectation wasn't really wasn't really there, right? So maybe talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know what? I think there was a there was a real pivotal moment I was, when it when it kind of came full circle, man. We were we were um getting ready for the bowl game my senior year. Um, and at that point, you know, Coach Fedora called. You know, I, I'm assuming all the seniors in the the you know just kind of the, you know, hey man, what's your plans after after you know college? And um, first and foremost, you you know, right? If he having that conversation with you, it probably ain't the league, right? Because that would have been a whole different conversation, right? <laughs> but but really having to sit down and say, okay, what does man, what does this look like from here, man? And uh, man, really had to sit down and think about that, man. At that point, I had had um, had my son, man. So had him my senior year, and so now I'm thinking about it. Ain't just me, right? I'm not just thinking about my future, but I'm thinking about his, and you know, how do I provide for him, man? And uh, man, that was a that was a tough that was a tough realization at first, man. That, to to was really that think about one? was that before. the was that the first time you like literally double clicked and thought about. Life after ball was that meeting? Yeah, wow. man. And and I say that I say that because I had a realization that I had more responsibility when I had my son, right? And so my grind, I, I would say my grind my senior year, and probably with most cats, man, that was probably the hardest I ever grinded, man. That was the best shape I had ever been in, man. That was the, you know, the, the most serious I had ever took taken it, man. And so, you know, I think I thought about it in that capacity and realized, okay. I got to really put, put everything into it, man. But like, that was probably my first, like real where it clicked. I really have to think about what it is. Cause the whole time you training and you going hard and, and you playing throughout the season, you, you still hoping that you're going to, you're going to do something that catch the eye of the scouts. And, you know, you still got pro day coming up, man. You still got opportunities, you know what I'm saying? To, to, to make that impression. And so, I think it wasn't into that bowl game. It's, it's the last game of my college career. And that conversation happens and it's like, okay, I really do got to think about, about what's after football. Yeah. And 
And when you were thinking about it, help me understand like how much of your thought process around it was rooted in, man, I'm supposed to be versus I feel like all things being equal, I've been doing the best that I can, you know, post the, you know, the Vanderbilt incident. Like, talk to me a little bit about like what was going on in your mind. Did you feel in any way like, man, I'm supposed to be here or there? Or it was it more so just like a, we'll see, I still have an opportunity. Just curious, like where your mind was. Yeah, man. I mean, if, if I'm a, if I'm gonna be honest, right? It's kind of one of them things you think back on every every time you could have did more. You know what I'm saying? And and put yourself in a better position to where, you know, it's not, it's not having to be hopeful. You've you've secured that. And so I think first and foremost, it was truly starting to think back on every every chance I had to do more, man. I think there's still hope, right? Because at the end of the day, still had pro day, right? And and you know, we had just seen people from Southern Miss go to pro day and like get an opportunity um that you know didn't get invited to the to the to the combine or you know what i'm saying so so you knew that there was there was there was hope you know what i'm saying but like you knew that was that was really a uh that's a last ditch effort man in, in, in that capacity yeah you know what i'm saying so like realistically also thinking about what that looks like man and to your point like man i should have i look at myself man i say dog got the talent got the size got know the game right there's nothing that stopped me but me just me just you know capitalizing on the opportunities i had along the way man you know but at the same time man, it took it took a minute for me to really realize man that you know man the path that's for you man you're gonna you're gonna get there either way right and, and that just wasn't it for me and right. uh man i've gone on to do you know some pretty pretty cool things along the way man and even even at southern miss man we you know I remember, I remember, uh, man, you were there when we started doing music, man. Music, yeah, you and, and, you and TCA, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. And so from there, I mean, I had an opportunity to build relationships within the university that the average people didn't have, man. Like, you know, I had an opportunity to, to really partner within the athletic uh, department. We created game day anthems, man, that we got paid to create. You know what I'm saying? We got a chance to build a marketing program around it that at the time, you know, we did a we did a promotion one year for Name the Song, right? And that poll on the Southern Miss uh, Athletic website was the highest engaged post of history at that point in time, man. You know, we I got a chance to do a lot of cool things, man. You know, I even, even uh, had an offer to join the athletic department in fundraising behind those types of things and so you know when i think about the other doors that open and, and and things of that nature i think it worked out how it was supposed to work out but yeah i wasn't feeling like that in the moment <laughs> Nobody knows. i wasn't feeling like that in the moment man. no knows. man and, and it took a minute too i'll tell you one of the big realizations or the, one of the biggest things i went back home and right away i, I uh man i was fortunate man so just looking for jobs back home, man. Uh, got on at C Spire Wireless, a, a wireless uh, uh, company. They actually, they actually were one of the sponsors. They had their logo on the helmets for for Southern all the Mississippi schools. And um, you know, fortunate enough, I put in an application. The manager of the other location happened to be married to one of the teachers at my high school, and then 
you know, one of the employees there that, you know, was, was, uh, it was my, one of my best friend's, uh, wife, you know what I'm saying? And so like, literally I put the application in, it wasn't 10 minutes later. She picked up the phone and called me and said, Hey, are, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. She was like, all right, cool. Come in. Right. And so it was fortunate, but like, there was also an adjustment of like, I'm back in my hometown. This is the, 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 the cell phone store. So when people come in and see me, it's like, Hey dog, what you doing there? You know what I'm saying? So like that was an adjustment period too. And, and you've got the sun. You've got to do yeah. something. You're in that store. You know, we know how the story, where the story leads ultimately, where we are now. Yeah. You're a monster, what you do, you're one of the best in the world. But help me understand what was going on in that store mentally for you to help propel you to get to where you are now. And by that, I mean, what specific actions did you start taking that you weren't taking prior to to help catapult you into where you are in, in the corporate space? And maybe before you jump into it, I want you to real quick say what it is that your title right now, and then I want you to go into it. Just because I want to brag. Man, I'm the uh, uh, director of franchise uh, development for Wingstop. In case you thought it was a game, but, but man, you know what? It's funny. it's it's funny though, because because that led to this realistically. So I think two things happened, man. Um, first and foremost, it was sales, and we come from being competitive. Yeah. So all I needed was the was the rankings, mm -hmm. and at that point, now I'm trying to be number one all the time, man. Um, and I think secondly, though, man, that can't be understated was, man, just being in a real good environment, man, that felt like a team that truly felt like a team, man. And, uh, you know, the, the environment that was created in that location was exactly what I needed coming off of always being a part of a team, right? That environment was, was exactly what was needed. And so, you know, that helped the transition as well, man. But, but that ambition, wanting to know other aspects of it all you know, from, from soup to nuts, man, I even interviewed to be like a technician at one point. Um, and like, I mean, Just got to like the final round too. Man. <laughs> and, and so man, it was, it was just, that was, that was, was what I needed, man. And so, you know, from there, I ended up getting hit up by a headhunter about a role at, at Burger King, you know, and I'm looking at Burger King. All I knew were, were the, were the restaurants. Right, Remember, right, right. this was a corporate role that was like training slash, you know, um, operations, which what I was doing, customer service crossed over a little bit. And so kind of like a corporate trainer, essentially. And um, but from there, got into it on the corporate side of things. And for me, I've always been about sales, man. How do we increase revenue, man? How do we increase profitability? And so. You know, that just kept moving me from one role to the next. It took me from that to marketing. You know what I mean? It took me from that back to operations to a, a business consultant, right? It took me from there to like running running a, a market, you know what I mean? And then ultimately transitioned to different parts of the business um, that ultimately came today. But really it was working at that cell phone place, right? Having that customer service experience was 
the first thing that that stuck out to the recruiter who was looking for people to fill that role. Man, you know what's amazing hearing the hearing the story and what I'm picking up on that I didn't even know before, and you know, I've known you for a while now, is across these different stops, what I'm hearing is we're seeing an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like literally creating songs, anthems at Southern Miss while you're a player, right? We're seeing sales, we're seeing operations, we're seeing marketing, right? We're seeing uh, even your capacity and appetite to explore the more technical aspects of whatever it is you're involved in. All of these roles lead to the position you're in right now, right? So before we get into your position right now, I want to talk to you about as you were planning to get to where you ultimately got, how much of it was, you know, having, you know, an actual notepad and saying like, oh, this is what I want to do writing it out, being consistent, or how much of it was just your own competitive fire and realizing, well, there's an opportunity for me to be better and learn more here and going from here to there. What was some combination in between? Help me understand that that path, man. Man, if I'm honest, I only had like one real goal. I just wanted to get to six figures at some point in some capacity. <laughs> that was literally my only goal. I think everything else though, was driven by curiosity. Like right. I'm, I'm curious. I'm one of those people, man. I, <laughs> my family joke, joke. Uh, I'm the fun fat guy, man. Like I, I, I know a little bit of something about almost everything, man. And so, like, right. and not saying that in a, in a, in a, in a, in a cocky no, way, no. but like I'm just curious, right? The yeah. most boring, mundane things. Mm -hmm. I'll at least want to have some perspective on it. Yeah. And so uh, I think a lot of it, honestly, was just curiosity, man, is is curious about, you know, okay, I know what I'm doing and I know when I interact with you, what 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 does your job entail? You know what I mean? And like, you know what, man, I, I've been thinking about like in my job, how this could be beneficial in this right. capacity. And then, you know, honestly, that's how I got my first, uh, man, my first promotion, man, just, reaching out to the marketing director, not even looking for an opportunity, but like, hey, have you guys thought about X, Y, Z, right? And and they they rolled out some like analysis project that they were going to do on, on different markets to figure out how to make them perform better from a sales standpoint with marketing. And I just asked, hey, whenever you do it for mine, can I help? Mm. Next thing I know, man, we got on the call. He sent me the, he sent me the template, walked me through how to do it and say, hey, man, I'll call you in two weeks. See what you came up with. Two weeks later, man, we had to call a week later. I had an offer to move into marketing. And so, like, it's it's always just been curiosity. Wow. It, it wasn't really the, you know, you always want to progress and, 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 and excel and do better and go to different heights. But realistically, it was just curiosity, man. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of people, you know, and this is going to be, maybe like an educational element of this talk, because I think it's, I think it's fascinating what you're doing. And I think a lot of people don't fully understand what goes in to these franchises. Um, mm -hmm. You're in a space now, and we talked about it a little bit before the call. This is a, this is a, for some like wealth creation vehicle, right? Like we both played football in Mississippi uh, blindside, you know what I mean? I was there, the Tui family, these guys had, 
you know, we'll yeah. see what happens with that. But yep. they owned they owned a ton of franchises. Help me understand what it means to help run a franchise and what goes into the operations, the decision around the location, and how that rolls up into your job. Just so people can kind of understand what all goes into that. Yeah. So so the first thing, man, is really understanding what franchising is, man. It's truly uh-huh. it's truly having the opportunity to run your own business, but with the the branding, the systems, the processes of a bigger brand that's already established, right? And and you know, you got a lot of companies out there that's doing it, man. But if but if we really you know, you want to go with one that's that's established, they've they've proven they have a proven track record and they have you know, the the infrastructure to to really help you be successful. But it's like you, you got to make the investment, right, of opening the location and hiring and getting people in place. But you get started with a name brand that's already recognized. You, you, you so to speak, have customers already built in, wow. right? You don't have to figure out how to operate this. You don't need to figure out how long the chick, how long does the chicken need to cook? You don't have to think about you know, how how much sauce to put on the wings. There's a manual that literally tells you exactly how to do that. When you're trying to think about, man, how many people do I need to hire or how many people do I need to have on a shift at any given time? There's a manual that tells you how to do that, right? And so you, you, get, to, you get to establish a business that's kind of already pre-made, so to speak, but you got to make the investment and, and, you gotta, you gotta also know that, like, it's truly work that goes into it, man. I mean, there's some some businesses that allow you to be a little bit more semi-absent, um, but but most most businesses, and you gotta be you gotta be active for it to be successful until you've built out a big enough team and infrastructure to where you got people who can handle the day to day for you, man. But that's first and foremost. Um, that's that's what it is. But to that point, man, we go out and we look for you know, people who are either already franchising um, in different brands or, you know, depending on the size of your company and who you're, who you're targeting. Sometimes it's just, you know, people coming from corporate ready to make a transition, right? They got enough, you know, enough money to get started and they can go to the bank and, uh, you know, get the lending. Um, or there are people who, you know, maybe they're not going to quit their day job, right? But they're going right. to do this as something on the side. Now, the brands I've been with, we want people who are more career franchisees. They they have, you know, a, a pretty sizable portfolio already. But, you know, you come in, you find those people and you bring, you know, you you take them through an interview process where you're interviewing them and they're interviewing you to see if your brand is makes sense for them. And so as we get through that, we take, you know, it, it kind of culminates in what we call a discovery day where we bring them to our corporate office. They get a chance to meet all of the, the, the executive leaders and then also kind of that next level of leaders within uh, each each department and learn about how they interact and how they support them. They get a chance to go tour a restaurant, try all of the products, and then from there, make the decision, hey, is this what you want to do? And, and we we make the decision, do we want to move forward with that person? Because we mm-hmm. also have to protect the brand and make sure that whoever we bring in represents us in the right way. But once you get through that and it's time to go, you know, we're we're looking to do two things, man. We're going to figure out What's your what's your point of entry? So like, are you going to buy some existing stores that gets you started, you know, um, and maybe we sell a development agreement on top of that? Or are you getting started from scratch and we're going to sign you up to, you know, open five stores in X amount of years? 
and then we 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 go from there. That's the first piece. And then, but you have so much support to help you in that. So once I've gotten people through that point, um, and it's a little bit different process if it's somebody that's already in the system that wants to expand. Mm -hmm. um, sim similar, but it's you know you don't go through that front end stuff. We've already done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But once we once we get you through that, we you know we feel good about you. You feel good about us. We've signed the terms. We've got you you know the agreement executed. Today in my role, um, at that point, I start doing handoffs, right? And so I make an introduction to the to the operations team so that, you know, they can start working with you and getting you, you know, um, set up, right? I introduce them to real estate because now you got to go find, you know, a site that you're going to go in, 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 whether it's build from scratch or whether you're going to renovate to go into. They hand you off to construction once you found the site. The construction manager walks with you from start to finish, right? Hiring architects, getting uh, bids from GCs, different, wow. you know, and then managing the, pro the project along the way, like with you, you know. Um, and then you go through training. We got a whole training department, right? You come through, right. you know, the academy, right? And get trained up for three to four weeks so that when you go back, not only can you operate, but you can train your team after that. Then if it's your first one, when, it, when you open, we actually bring, you know, a trainer for two trainers the first time for two weeks to help you get open and get started. Right. <laughs> and so, wow. I mean, there's a lot of support that comes with wow. all of those things, man. And so, wow. you know, once you're done, you there, I mean, obviously it's going to be a level of, of, of nervousness, especially if it's mm -hmm. your first time, but you know, you should have had all the support that made you feel good about it. And, and in that, you know, you pay the company a royalty, right? There's a fee that we charge on a monthly basis that, um, you know, allows us to operate and continue to provide that support. And then there's another marketing fee, right. That we, that, that we pull out to um, make sure that we're able to advertise the brand and continue to grow the brand so that your locations, as well as everyone else's continue to benefit and grow. But when you think about, you know, you giving up that little bit for all of the support for a business that you don't have to grow from scratch and try to figure out name recognition and how to operate it efficiently, I mean, and then I even when you think about the operations, we have um, field marketing managers that help you do your field, your your local store marketing. We have franchise business consultants that they're looking at your numbers on a on a weekly basis, and they're mm -hmm. coming doing you know visits, coaching visits. They're doing business reviews with you. They have a business director that they report into that helps you know support a region in, in, at a higher level. And then they got a regional vice president that helps with everything from ops to, you know, uh, uh, development to, you know, everything. And so yeah. there's also a lot of support that comes with that, that, that wants you to be successful. And there's so many opportunities in this that I don't see us represented nearly enough. Man, I, I feel like I just I should have paid you for this because this this was a complete <laughs> amazing lecture on the process to going from a wanna be franchise uh, franchisee uh, to be actually becoming franchisee. yeah um, the what I'm hearing at each and every step you're de-risking the probability for you know the owner to say make a mistake and, and not have a successful story. Um, or you know, yep. successful entryway into you know their 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 ownership journey. The thing that's really interesting to me when I think about you know where you've come from, from, high school, college, and the like. 
knowing what this process looks like, how does this inform your decision-making process like on the regular, right? One of the things that I see is once individuals like ascend to like a certain level professionally, corporately, they just think about things differently. And what differently means is a lot more long-term thinking, right? Um, help me understand in your role, in your life, how you started to evolve the way that you think, um, whether it be from a time perspective, whether it be from an outcomes perspective, whether it be any different facet of your life and how, you, you know, your role and your maturation has impacted that. Man, in so many, in so many ways, man, I think maybe, maybe above everything is it's, it's really elevated my perspective of the level, the, the level of possibility, mm. right? Because the reality of it is, is when I first got the call from, from Burger King a year and a half out of college, right. the only thing I knew about was this store. And I'm like, are you asking me to be a manager? Cause nah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to realize in that, like, there's actually a corporate side that has everything in it, right? That goes all the way to the CEOs, depending on the size of your business, right? And they're making millions to tens of millions of dollars annually, right? And, right. and and things of that nature. But on the flip side of that, you have the franchisees that you're actually supporting, and like they're making millions of dollars, you right. know, and, and right. creating their own path, right? And, and so then you start to look and you see, okay, all right. I look at some of the people that are coming in who I'm who I'm supporting, right? And you say, man, hey, I mean, it's a sharp guy, man, but man, no sharper than me, you know. Um, right. you know, or you look and, and you say, you know, you're you're going out and recruiting people and you're hearing their story and how they got in, and you're like, okay, well, they came through this path and had an opportunity to transition, right? Or you look at the people who on the corporate side had an opportunity to continue to grow into an executive level roles, and you're like, well. Okay, I saw your path. That that looks like a path that that I can take as well. And so I think first and foremost was really expanding my my perspective on possibility. Right. I think past that is uh, how I go about you know my own thing. So I mean I haven't gotten into franchising at this point, man. But that's something that's a, a ultimate goal for me, you know. But you know I started investing in real estate, right? And I started thinking about you know how do I take the money I was making in corporate America and really create something else, right? Something that I could build. Um, it started out as just something, you know, I could build and say, you know, I started a business or I got a couple properties and I got a little extra money to do some things with. But over time, you know, when I look at these franchisees and they're, they're getting their kids involved in the business, right? Very mm -hmm. young. Mm -hmm. um, and by 30 or so, they're handing it over to them, right? And these kids, the second generation, sometimes third, they're taking over a portfolio of 30, 40 Burger Kings, right? That bring in 60, $70 million in top line revenue, right? And, and so you're looking like, okay, right. <laughs> okay, right? And so now how do I start building something? And so, you know, it changed the way I thought about how I leverage the money I make, right? And so I've started building a, a real estate portfolio, uh, of my own of rental properties. And, and now it's like, okay, I'm getting to a point of how do I professionalize this a little bit? Mm -hmm. And I'm able to kind of draw parallel to like these franchisees who, as they grow and get to a certain scale, they got to start putting additional infrastructure in place. 
Okay, right. I got to do the same thing. It's a different, right. it's a different business, but it's the same thing. Right. Or even in my day to day job, right? At a certain point, once mm-hmm. we're we're doing a certain amount of business, we gotta we gotta in, you know scale up the infrastructure, and so right. you know that. And what are the processes that we put in place um, to make sure that things run smoothly, man? And so right. it's been a lot of that, if I'm perfectly right. honest. Um, and I'll go back to the possibility piece. Today, man, I, I, I've had the, the pleasure, man, of, of working with people from, you know, your mom and pop, you know, people just transitioning from corporate America to professional athletes, to people who are just large franchisees, to private equity, right? People are going out and raising, you know, $50 million, $100 million to go get into something, right? And even how that looks, um, it's been a it's been a it's been a great experience that I think has expanded my perspective on 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 everything, man. Got it, man. I love I love this and I love your story. I'm super happy you on the pod. If there's a message um, or just a concept that you think you would want for an undergrad student athlete to have in mind as they you know they transition from whatever sport they're playing, or just college in general, to the real world. We talk a little bit about expanding your concept of what's possible, but I'm curious if there's anything else that you think would be valuable, a valuable little nugget just to keep in their mind as they get ready to transition. What would that What would that concept, thought, or, or phrase be? I would say, man, you, you almost have to have a, a overly confident perspective of yourself and your capabilities, but also have the humility to, to, to learn, right. And to be teachable and coachable. Right. And, and, and what I mean by that is there's nothing that you can't do other than what you convince yourself you can't do. Right. And, and there has to be almost like a, a unnatural belief in that to really maximize that. But you also can't have a, a conceited or a cocky perspective to it, confident, obviously, but to the point to where the people who could help you harness that, who can help you mm-hmm. move from one, one level to the next, who can open doors, they right. want to be able to see you as somebody that's coachable, that's teachable, that they can take under their wing, right? And so it's it's the balance of the two of that. It, it, I think it starts with that confidence. And then it, it ends with that coachability. Massive. I don't know what to tell you, brother. Then we got to do it again, man. I I appreciate it so much. <laughs> I learned so much. Man, anytime, man. I mean, you know, we, we might have to put this on LinkedIn learning, man. I mean, just learn so much about <laughs> franchising, man. I, I really appreciate it. I'm happy you dug into it. Uh, and, you know, yeah. man, we'll stay, we'll stay in touch. For people who want to reach out oh, to you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Man, send me an email, uh, jmass, J-M-A-S-S, the number 19 at Gmail. I'm on, you know, Instagram, uh, the real jmass with an underscore in between the underscore real underscore jmass uh, on Instagram. I'm pretty active there. Um, and then Jonathan J. Mass Massey on, uh, on Facebook, man, that's, you know, probably the easiest ways to catch me. I love it, man. Anything, anything coming down the pipe that we should be looking forward to, that kind of thing, anything you're working on? 
man, continue to grow this portfolio, continue to excel, uh, man, and uh, and career wise, man. But one of the things I'm working on right now is a is an ebook, man, for real estate. Um, really, really focusing on on people who want to get into real estate investing, um, specifically for for rentals, um, single family rentals, or those people who have a couple of them and looking to scale. Yeah, look for that coming, man. I, I I've started a uh, the company. I think is gonna it's gonna focus on uh, the 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 name. You know, the the name of the book is is will be knock knock how to make the house next door your next door, and oh. under the umbrella of my first ten properties, and really just overall, I have a I have a bigger vision for it to be a, you know being a complete you know kind of educational platform, you know, with different components to it of of really that are really lessons from me getting to my first 10, uh, my first 10 properties and, and kind of building yeah. on the lessons on that, man. But so that, so that ebook, man, is, is one thing that I say, be, be, uh, on the lookout for. Man. Well, Massey, I appreciate you, brother. This was amazing. Uh, I think there's so much information once again, pull from this. Uh, yeah, we'll be in touch, man. We're happy to have you on the something like the off season podcast, man. I'll see you soon. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man.